When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If we know a vaccine is 70 or 80 or 90 percent effective, it would be unethical to hold it back. That's Monsef Slowey. He's chief advisor of Operation Warp Speed, the federal government's COVID-19 vaccine program. Slowey is an experienced immunologist. He used to head the vaccine program at the pharmaceutical giant GlaxoSmithKline, where he led the development of five major new vaccines, including ones for Ebola and cervical cancer. Back in May, he was tapped to lead the White House's effort to develop a coronavirus vaccine. He doesn't do a lot of interviews, but he sat down with me to talk about this high-stakes race for a vaccine and how close he thinks we really might be to some sort of breakthrough. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. We talk about an emergency use authorization, EUA. Now, if you read the criteria for EUA, uh, they say that there should be no acceptable alternative to the existing thing that's being uh, authorized. But for a vaccine, it seems that there is an acceptable alternative. No, doctor? I mean, the acceptable alternative would be that people would wear masks and physically distance. That's worked in many places around the world. Why rush this? Why not wait, make sure even for a few months there's no other unusual side effects from a safety standpoint, and, and just encourage people to mask and distance, which we're not seeing in this country still? I don't think it's working at the level that I would expect a vaccine to, to work. And the reality of life here and everywhere else in the countries that had various levels of uh, uh, transmission and control is we are unable to control this pandemic. And we know that vaccines have changed our life expectancy from 40 years to 83 or 86 years in a period of 100 years because they are truly effective in the long term against pathogen. I would never accept that a vaccine that is unsafe be introduced. Uh, so I would, I would frankly turn the question the other way around and say, what would be my ethical reason to withhold a vaccine that I could have developed faster from being developed faster? I mean, it's an important point, and there's no question that vaccines have saved lots of lives uh, around the world. I think the issue that is coming up, doctor, as you, as you well know, is this, is this trust. Uh, you've talked about manufacturing in the past, and you've said basically that it, uh, it this is your words, complexity of manufacturing is a very significant barrier. Uh, when you were developing a pneumococcal vaccine, you said it takes 24 to 28 months to release a batch, 550 quality controls before you're able to release a single batch. The concern is that this is being rushed, not that a vaccine isn't necessary, but that you want to, to be able to have the confidence that clearly you had when you were talking about this back a few years ago. Yes, and Sanjay, I was talking about a vaccine that has 10 vaccines in it. 
And uh, that time frame is because you have to go through that for all the 10 vaccines. I would say, I feel very confident that the exact same level of stringency of data, of experiments, of understanding of the quality of the product, of the quality control criteria to release that product are being set up and the specifications are being set up for each one of them before they are released. And the FDA will independently make those decisions. And the intent that we all committed to is this will be all, all available, all transparent for everybody to look into. The beauty of facts and data is that everybody can look at them and come to their conclusion. And that's what will happen. You have talked about your optimism in terms of efficacy and even cited a number, 90% efficacy. Where does that degree of optimism come from? At the time you said it, I think there was still very little data, uh, certainly from phase three. I'm not predicting it's going to be 90%. I said it could be 90%. I looked into the animal data in primates, and that's usually reasonably predictive. And I would say for all vaccines except for one, protection is complete in the primate experiments. And that gives me confidence that protecting against this particular virus can be very effective. There are other reasons why I'm optimistic. As you know, a very large proportion of subjects that are infected with COVID-19 are asymptomatic. That again is usually a signal of a virus that can be reasonably well controlled. You know, in Ebola, 90% of people exposed die. That's a very, very, very difficult thing to protect against. Uh, SARS-1 and MERS, experiments that were done and studies were done, have shown also quite good efficacy uh, induction. All of this together makes me optimistic that we are likely to achieve high protection. I think the safety issue is one that obviously a, a lot of people are, are concerned about. Even pre-COVID, people, there's been hesitation, as you know, about vaccines. You said a few days ago that vaccines would not be introduced before the clinical trials are completed. So you want to get all the way through these trials. And, and then isn't there a period of time that you'd want to make sure that some side effects aren't creeping up? Again, I think it's a very important question and, and there, there's different variables to it. First, if you look into the, the databases of the FDA on the overwhelming majority of adverse events associated with vaccines happen within the first Actually, I was told 42 days after completing the immunization regimen and maybe two months after completing. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean things may not happen way after. They could. Extremely rare. So we'll have a follow-up, but that follow-up is not what you commonly have. The key then is to think about the therapeutic index, the risk-benefit. This will impact who should get this vaccine first and how fast? Should it be reasonable to immunize college students at that moment when we know that the mortality rate and morbidity in that population is very low? I think no. I don't think that's the right population. I think the right population would be people over 70 years of age who, or people with very clear morbidity and very high risk of acquisition so that's, that's a responsible way to go about it. You, you've identified the vulnerable populations of people who, who would most likely 
benefit from the vaccine right away. Are there enough of those people in these trials, the people who you'd want to give the vaccine to? Yes, uh, Sanjay, something we look at uh, very, very carefully. Uh, the trials have set conditions to have uh, at least 40, 45% of the study population in the trial to be uh, at high risk, uh, which is over the age of 65, uh, having comorbidity or belonging to uh, ethnicities that are known to have a higher morbidity with this disease. And we are working very hard into the trials to ensure that those proportions are respected. You have been very careful, as I've uh, seen in your other interviews, to steer clear of politics. You've said that this process will not be interfered with politically. You've also said it's possible but very unlikely that this vaccine will be uh, available before Election Day, because that's what the president has said. You said that a few weeks ago. Is that still your position? It's still my position. I think this has nothing to do with politics. I think this has everything to do with the thousand or more, unfortunately, patients that die every day of this pandemic. We're absolutely focused, laser sharp, on uh, helping these vaccines advance as quickly as possible. If we can make them advance prior to the election day, we will. And if we can make them advance after the election day, we will. It's totally irrelevant. It's very unlikely that that happens in October. It's more likely that it happens in November, and it's even more likely that it happens in December. And, and you would take this vaccine if it was authorized, uh, you know, in the next couple of months? I would take it. I would look into the data, of course, Sanjay, and uh, if it's effective and it's safe, and I'm 61, and we reach the age where people over 60 should take it, I'll take it, absolutely. Like Monsef Slowy, I hope that we can develop a vaccine quickly and safely, and I hope the data is going to be made public for everyone to see. But until that happens, our best bet is to rely on the tried and true public health measures. Keep up the social distancing, wear your masks in public, and hopefully there will be a lot more tests available sometime soon. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.